0: This morning, I'm going to talk to you about a running vision. Most of y'all probably seen uh, that I had posted, actually, that picture right there on uh, Facebook. And uh, we're going to look at Habakkuk. Let me read, I'm just, actually, I was going to read 1 through 5, I'm just going to read 1 through 4. But they're all on separate slides. So as you find Habakkuk chapter 2, starting at verse 1, if you would stand... And um, we'll read the Scripture together, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. I will stand upon my watch, set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will shortly come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Heavenly Father, this morning I'm humbled at the privilege to share Your Word, Lord. I pray that Your Holy Spirit would rest upon me to, to preach Your Word with the, with the words of the Spirit, not my words. That they may find their mark, Lord. Because within me, I can't do it. I have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to carry forth Your Word, Lord. And I pray that that same Holy Spirit would touch each ear in this house this morning, including my own, to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in these times, to help us to understand the power of Your Word and the power of Your name and the power of Your Spirit, that there is nothing on this earth that can come in betwixt us and heaven if we will but persevere and keep our vision where it needs to be. Lord, help us to see and understand in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I do want to give you just a little bit of context, a little bit of background, a little bit of what's going on uh, with Habakkuk. Because to me, this is so important to understand that he was in a time much like we are in today. We are in times of transition and times of change. We don't understand all that was yesterday, and we know that what was yesterday isn't going to be the same as tomorrow. We're in a period of transition. We're in times of change. Well, Habakkuk was in much the same type of era, the same type of time, because as Best guess, they think Habakkuk was probably sometime around the fall of the temple, which was in 586 B.C. They think he was sometime in that time period when they were transitioning from being under the thumb of the Assyrians to going to being under the thumb of the Babylonians, which tore down that first temple. They think he was talking to Judah during that time. In other words, a time when there was a lot of uncertainty. They they knew that yesterday was certainly different from what tomorrow is going to be. They, they were in a time when they didn't know exactly how to move forward. I think we're in much the same condition today. We're in a time where we know that tomorrow is certainly not going to be the same as yesterday. We know that things are changing. We may not be going from one evil empire to another or one area that's got their thumb on us to another, but we're certainly seeing change and we're certainly seeing some freedoms eroded to where we're not the same today as we was yesterday. But now I also believe we've probably got a lot of the same trouble that, that Habakkuk had. It was an internal trouble by and large. It was with with the, the Jews. It was with those that God had chosen had become rebellious. They were... Um, being tormented within their own camps. The, those that were still trying to be righteous and holy and do the right thing were by and large being tormented and, and oppressed and, and abused even by those in their own camp that had sold out, that had walked away from what God had told them to do. They didn't want to follow the, the commandments anymore they didn't want to follow the Torah the, the the law they didn't want to do what they were supposed to do they wanted to assimilate to the Assyrians or assimilate to the Babylonians they wanted to 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 synchronize their worship of God with worship of other things they had tried to tear it apart internally I think we do that a lot in our day and time but you know for Habakkuk, it seems like there was a more serious problem. Now, I know that's serious. We can't divide our worship and tear each other down. We're supposed to to not forsake the assembling together of ourselves as is the manner of some, but all the more so to exhort one another as the day of the Lord approaches. We're supposed to be here to lift one another and to sharpen one another. And ultimately, that's what I want to do this morning, and that's what I want to exhort you to do is to go forth and lift others up. But the more serious problem for Habakkuk is shown back in chapter 1. You see, it starts out the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. But then verse 2 is where we're at right now, I believe. O Lord, how long shall I cry? O Lord, how long shall I cry for my nation? for my other churches, for other pastors. Oh, Lord, how long is this pandemic going to go on and churches going to have to keep their doors shut? Oh, Lord, how long before we see something happen? Habakkuk was in the same type of situation. He was crying out when he first started, Oh, God, how long? We don't feel you anymore. We don't know what's going on. We've had one person's thumb on us, and now we're shifting To another person's thumb on us, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm not hearing from you. Oh, God, how long? And we're doing the same thing today. God, it's not ending. How long are you going to go without answering our prayers? How long are we going to have to go feeling like you're not anywhere within a hundred miles of us? Oh, God, how long? That's what Habakkuk was crying out. That would not hear. He didn't even think God was hearing his pleas and His cries. Don't tell me that you've never felt that way. We've all been there to where we feel like our prayer isn't getting above the ceiling that we're praying underneath. Like God no longer cares for or hears anything that we've got to say that we're just stuck on an island. Oh Lord, how long? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou will not save. We see things destroying parts of cities within the United States right now. And we still cry out, God, it's violent. People are losing their life. This stuff is happening. How long, oh Lord, how long? Same thing Habakkuk was right in the middle of. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? God, why do we have to look up on these things? Why do we have to, every time we turn on the TV, see everything that you are against? Why do we have to, every time we turn on the radio, hear something that you are against? Why is it every time I get on Facebook, I have to see another church that has a cease and desist order in California this morning to not hold services? Oh Lord, how long? Why do you cause me to see all these things? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Habakkuk was in a terrible time. Sometimes I feel like we are in a terrible time where we're just crying out, oh Lord, how long are we going to have to continue doing this? How long are we going to have to see a decline in attendance in the churches? How long are we going to have to suffer persecution and everywhere in the world suffer persecution? I know we've got it easier than some, but when we start getting cease and desist orders to not hold church services, then we've got a problem. And we start crying out, and oh Lord, how long? But I do want to move to that point of a running vision. I believe our first step is exactly what Habakkuk done. Cry out, O oh Lord, how long? Oh Lord, you're making me look upon this and this and this. And, and we need to go down the list. And it's not that God ever forgets, but sometimes I think it does us good and, and puts us in a proper place to remind God of what it is we're looking upon, what it is exactly that we want. That we want Him to hear us. We want Him to move. We want something to work towards. We want a vision. Specifically, I want a running vision. But now, the thing with running is this. It can have a lot of different meanings. You know, if you're um, in a race, you're running. Fast movement, exercise, a physical action. You know, your eggs can be runny. In other words, they can be viscous. They can be fluidy. Water runs out of a spigot, something fluid or running. Water runs downstream. It's running downstream. You can do something three days running, consecutive, in a row. Your car motor might be running. In other words, actively working towards its intended purpose of making that car move. can also mean something measured in a straight line. Cost of lumber per running foot. You ever had a running battle? Something contentious? Maybe even a little violent and continuous that you thought would never end? Got a running battle with such and such person across the way because they don't know how to act. Well, they're probably saying the same thing about you. they got a running battle with you because you don't know how to act. But it can have all of those different meanings. But when I went back and I I read through this text that the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. In other words, I've got to be able to pick it up And it's got to be so big and so clear and so large that I can run and still understand what I'm trying to read while watching where I'm running and not stumbling and not falling. But that's what I want to talk to you about is that running vision. Something that must be contended for. Must be active and alive. It's running. Something so clear that as you're running and moving, and going forward and doing all of these things, that you're not going to lose sight of that running vision. And something so organized and so simple that you can't forget it, that you can't lose sight of it, that you don't have a lot of words to read while you're running. In other words, something ongoing and optically clear and organized. Now, ongoing for me is pretty simple, that a vision must be ongoing. We can't have a one-time vision of something and expect to reach our end. There's nowhere in the Scripture that gives us the idea that we can just come and do one-time something and then stop, and everything is going to work out for the good. You know, we often tell people not to quit, don't stop early, push on, press in, whatever, but here's something else we've got to understand. You've got to start before you can stop. That very first verse in Habakkuk 2 is, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what He, the Lord, will say unto me. This morning i the race. Some people that will get up on their watchtower and start listening for what God has to say to them. Because you've got to start before you can finish. But it has to be ongoing. The life of following Christ is a long run. It's not a short sprint. You're not going to get there Overnight. It's more like a marathon which takes years and years and upon years to train to be able to effectively run and compete in a marathon. But you have to start first. You've got to get up off the couch and move out onto the street. You've got to start making some movements towards your vision and towards what you want. You've got to start. But let me tell you this morning, it has to be ongoing and you have to finish. Matthew 24 and 13 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, it takes that starting, but it also takes an ongoing perseverance. You can't get a vision and then leave it behind and then take a different path. Your vision has to be ongoing to be able to reach the end of days with Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 basically says the same thing. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but here should be our vision. We're doing this. We're starting out. We're getting up on our watchtower. We're training for a marathon. We're trying to get to the end so that we can obtain an end in- corruptible crown. An incorruptible crown. That's what we're chasing for. Our vision must be Jesus Christ. Our vision must be getting into that throne room of heaven and falling down before the throne with the elders and the four beasts and all of the angels of heaven that fall down and cast their crowns before the Lord because they finally made it to the end. That must be our ongoing vision. But now it also has another aspect. A vision must be optically clear. That's what Habakkuk said that the Lord told him. Write it down upon that piece of paper. Chisel it out in your little stone and make it so big and so simple and so plain that it's crystal clear that you can read it even while you're trying to run and get to the very end of your days and you're trying to endure until the end and you're trying to run that marathon to get to where you want to go, make it so clear that you can't lose sight. We tend to complicate things a lot. Far too much. We try to make church about different things. We try to make why we come to church about different things. You know why we come to church? To serve Christ and so that we can be filled up, so that we can be a witness to others, so that we can win more into the kingdom, so that they can catch the same vision that you're proclaiming to have caught by following Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And there is no other way but Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, you could take out your little stone and your little chisel, and you could just chisel those two simple words Jesus Christ. Or really, you could boil it down to one if you go. Back into the Old Testament, you could just write on it, Yahweh. And you could take off running. And you could run forever. And that one word would be right there. And you wouldn't have to take your eyes off the path. You wouldn't have to take your eyes off of the goal. And you could still have it right here that says why you're running. You're running for Yahweh. You're running for I am that I am. You're running for I am greater and before Abraham. I am the one that goes to the cross and went to the cross and died for you and was buried and is resurrected. I am. I am the one that shed His blood so that you can have life. I am the one that by my stripes you are healed. You can have that one word and it will tell you all of that as you run your race. But it has to be that clear. We don't need to be running with something that says Yahweh and this. Yahweh and that. Yahweh and a meeting every certain time at every certain place with decorations a certain way and certain words said, we can't have any of that. It just has to be simply Jesus Christ. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no woman, no child, no person will ever get to the end of their race will never endure to the end to see the Father and fall down in the throne room unless they have Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you want a crystal clear, optically clear, ongoing vision, guess what? It's got to be Jesus. It can't be Jesus and. It's just got to be Jesus. Jesus. I believe that's what he was telling Habakkuk to write. You want a vision, you're in the midst of a mess, you're in between ruling empires coming in, you're getting ready, if not have already seen the destruction of the temple, you're prophesying to my people because you know that there is divisiveness and people being torn apart because of religion and trying to to synchronize with the world and, and all of these internal issues? You're trying to get things together because you don't even know, you don't even hear from me anymore? Maybe we don't hear because our vision isn't simple. It isn't crystal clear, optically clear of Jesus. Sometimes I think we're more concerned about how we do church than why we do church. We need to simplify our vision. You need to simplify your vision. You need to catch the vision that you need to get up on the watchtower and watch for what the Lord will say. You need to have an ongoing, optically clear vision of Jesus Christ. And I promise you that the end will not be delayed just the same as God promised to Habakkuk, that this isn't the end. You might be going from the Assyrians to the Babylonians. You might be getting ready to lose your temple. But God said that the end would not be delayed. That there is coming a day when God will be revealed. But guess what that means for us? We're going to have to answer for our life. For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. That's the Romans version. If you want the Philippians, it says that at the name of Jesus, that name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. We went through that in Revelation. That's just everybody, everything. I don't care if it's a rock or if it's me. I don't care if it's a dog, a cat, or a monkey, or a fish. Everything is going to realize that Jesus Christ is Creator, and at that name, every knee shall bow. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Not Jesus and, just Jesus. And it's to the glory of God the Father. Can I tell you, it gets no more clear than that. If you want a clear vision, chase Jesus. Push everything else aside. Because you're absolutely going to confess one day. Without question, there's coming a day when everybody that has ever lived will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But some will say, we've done this and we've done that, and Jesus is just going to look back at him and say, Department for me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Even after their confession, you're better off to confess now. To catch that vision now. To get up on the watchtower now. But it also has to be organized. The vision must be organized. We can't run in 15 different directions. I've used the analogy before of a team of oxen. If you get, uh, you know, four oxen on a, on a plow and they're all yoked together, you don't get anything plowed if they don't all pull in a straight line together. If you get one ox that is distracted over here, and one that is distracted over there, and another over here, and another's trying to pull back to where they just came from. Listen to me. We've got people that try to pull back where we just came from. And we can't get there if one person's pulling back here and one's trying to pull forward and one's worried about over here and one's worried about over there. We will never have an ongoing, optically clear, organized vision. And we will never reach where we're supposed to be. Let all things be done decently in order. Now, I know there Paul was talking to the Corinthians about church order. Specifically, he was talking about tongues and participation in church. But I think our participation in church should be decently and in order also. But I also think it should be done with 100% effort every time. Every time you walk through those doors. Every time you open your mouth for Jesus Christ. Every time you say, I will do this, then you need to follow through and you need to do it with excellence because Paul also told them, Whether you, therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. You can go to Colossians 3 and 17 and guess what he told them, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, whatever you say or do, in other words, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. If you're organized, if you've got your mind set that you're going to have this ongoing vision, a running vision, that's optically clear, that focuses upon Christ Jesus and nothing else, not Jesus end And you're organized. You don't have 15 things to fall out of your basket when you take off running. If you've got one stone in there chiseled with one name on it, it's pretty easy to keep up with. You won't have any problem doing whatever you do, everything you do to the glory of God. Because you're not going to be distracted. With fifteen things falling out of your basket, well, I got to keep Jesus tucked in here, but I also got to keep this other thing tucked in here, and that other thing for some can be a hundred different things it could be the red back hymnal, it could be southern gospel, it could be contemporary, it could be for other churches those old Gregorian chants it could be we have to have drums. We don't have to have drums. We need guitar-led worship. We need piano-led worship. We need this kind of thing. We need that kind of thing. We've got to have padded pews. Padded pews ain't right. They let you fall asleep too easy or they look too good. We've got to have red carpet. We've got to have purple carpet. We can't have carpet we don't need all of this we don't need central air just open the doors no I've got to have central air because I can't breathe if we don't have it we've got all of these other things that we try to put into a basket with Jesus and we're not organized and we can't run our race if we do that we just need to chisel Yahweh Jesus Christ the Lord of Lord King of Kings whatever name you want to attribute to him that's attributed to him in scripture we need to stick that one thing in our basket and we need to take off running We don't need to overcomplicate them. But I'm going to close with something I've seen in a commentary. You know, I want people to catch this vision. In other words, just chase Jesus. I mean, it really is that simple. Just chase Jesus. Just chase Jesus. Ongoing, optically clear, and organized. It all fits into that one name, Jesus. That passage that I read out of Habakkuk, that's kind of the center point of those three short chapters. You know, the first chapter is him starting out that God's not hearing us and it talks a little bit about punishment by the Chaldeans and the wicked destroying the righteous. And Habakkuk waits and he gets this answer to write the vision, to make it plain, And that the just, the righteous, should live by their faith. You had not heard from me for a long time. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of strife. Pandemic's still going on. You still live by your faith. There's some woes to the unrighteous, and then you get to the third chapter, the last chapter of Habakkuk, and there's this psalm, this prayer, this realization. I love the last three verses. I didn't put them on there. To read, but you can go read them. I'll read them to you now. It Says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines; the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Boy, that sounds tough, don't it, man? Everything has fell apart. But in verse eighteen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. It don't matter what's going on, just give God some glory that He has set forth a clear vision that we need to follow, which is Christ Jesus. The Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like hinds' feet, and He will make me to walk upon mine high places. Even in the midst of of falling apart in the midst of the temple, getting ready to be destroyed. When they didn't know how they were going to move from one evil empire to another evil empire in the middle of it, Habakkuk was told, just write it down and chase after it and rejoice in the God of your salvation. Lift Jesus Christ up on high. He was already around in the Old Testament. They were already... Chasing him, just lift him up. Get up on your tower and listen. And when you listen, that's what you're going to be told. Everything around you might fail, but you can still joy in the God of your salvation. I want to close with this little thing out of this commentary because I think it's really good. I think it really points to exactly what Habakkuk is about and exactly what we need to do. It was in a word, biblical commentary. I don't remember the author. I think I've got a slide to put up so you can kind of read along. It says, the righteous will live and the wicked will perish. It really is that simple. It is that simple. You want an optically clear vision? Right there it is. Something simple, organized, ongoing. The righteous will live. The wicked will perish. Period. That's what's at the end of that. In the meantime, though, in the meantime, we're in the meantime. The righteous is to keep on trusting God and keeping His commandments, even if there is no visible sign of God's presence or favor. You want ongoing, optically clear, and organized? There you go. It's that simple. But I want some people to catch that vision this morning. It really is that simple, folks. Just chase after Jesus. Those that may be joining online, chase after Jesus. Those here, chase after Jesus. Now, look, I believe God can move and you can feel Him and you can be healed today, you can be set free today. I know it. I know it to be true. I know it to be a fact. But I also know there's times in your life when you got things going on and you come to an altar and you just don't feel anything. You come and you pour your heart out and the carpet changes colors because this thing got dark with salty tears. And you get back up and you walk back to your pew and you don't feel any different. Our right and responsibility is, in the meantime, keep trusting God. Because the end will not tarry, it will not be delayed, it's not going to wait, we are moving rapidly towards an end of days when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So if there's any that has not made that confession before, you need to make that confession again. Whatever the case may be, today is the day of salvation. Today's the day you can come and pour your heart out to God and you can start being like a Habakkuk and you can rejoice in the God of your salvation. I would encourage you to come today. If you're online, let me take a moment to pray with you before we move on. Because you can encounter Christ wherever you are. And if you want that encounter, if you want to catch that new vision and start chasing after Him, just pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I know that I have failed. I know that I have sinned. I know that I have chased the wrong things. The wrong visions. But God, this morning I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That He died for me that He is resurrected and seated at Your right hand. I pray that the blood shed on Calvary's cross would cover all of my mistakes. I pray and plead the blood of Christ and I repent and I turn and God give me that new vision. Help me to see how to chase after Christ. Forgive me and set my heart right within me. In Jesus' name, Amen.